and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 10. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? No, oh, I'm knackered, mate. Absolutely knackered in too many rookie drafts and getting tagged on the clock and all sorts. How are you getting on? You enjoying it? Yeah, my phone's taken a battering of all these notifications. I'm, I'm getting them every second. So, yeah, that's what, the, uh, that's what happens when you're in about 57 leagues though, isn't it? Exactly. Most of my notifications are you telling me to hurry up and pick. So, um, yeah, cheers, mate. Been a, been a good week. We love it, though, really. It's the best best time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it becomes a slog rounds four and five in some of them, doesn't it? But, yeah, we do love it, really. Do you know what? We say that every year. It gets to round five, and I've got a list of about 15 players that I want, and I'm trying to trade back into the late fifth. It's uh, tragic, to be honest. There's not many other people trying to trade back into the, the fourth and the fifth, is there? It's just me and you and, and our geeks that we like. De- de- exactly, definitely not. But uh, yeah, I'm speaking of which, I might try and trade back in a couple now. So uh, <laughs> I have to wrap this up quickly. So yeah, we're uh, we're here today to recap rounds four to seven in the NFL draft and some key uh, undrafted free agents we want to keep an eye on. We already recap well, rounds one to three of the NFL draft on Friday and Saturday. So now we go to the deeper players that nerds like me and Sean uh, always like researching. Uh, we're also going to take a quick look back at the players we suggested could be a good cheap pickup before the draft, whether they have lost any potential role or whether they're still a potentially a viable dynasty asset. So let's start off in the AFC North just quickly. Uh, my pick to pick up cheap was Jalen Warren. Looks to be a hit because the Steelers have not had any running back to their room and uh, they've also upgraded the O-line. So he still looks set for the backup role behind Najee. Yeah, it was a nice uh, nice result there, really, wasn't it? It couldn't have gone better for the Steelers, to be honest. And I think, obviously, Najee's had a bit of a boost as well with that boost to the O-line. So, yeah, nice call. I didn't think he'd make it out, but he has. Nice, nice pick up there. But, um, yeah, my one was uh, Jerome Ford uh, running back at the Browns. And similar, really, uh, nothing really added. So, uh, he's still a bit of a hit there. Um, no no running back added in the draft. They added some nobody. Um Hassan Hall, undrafted free agent out of Georgia Tech. Never heard of him. Didn't bother researching him. But um, yeah, he should step into that hunt role. So similar to Warren, he's come out scot-free. So not a bad start in the AFC North for both of us, I think. Yeah, I'm happy with the Jerome Ford run. I've, I picked him up in a couple and off of waivers that the, the other week as well for $10. $10. So yeah, I'm happy with the Ford run as well. Yeah, there's still a couple of um, couple of free agents out there and a, you know that could land back. And there's talk about Hunt could go back and... But for now, it's a, a clean sweep in the AFC North. Goodbyes. So on to the AFC East. Uh, mine was Kevin Harris, which looks to be a hit as well. Patriots have not added, added, added anyone to the running back room. There's also rumours that James Robinson is going to be cut. So it looks to be Ramondre, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris for the season with a little bit of Tyler Montgomery on third downs, I guess. But yeah, uh, looks to be uh, a good one, really. What on earth has happened to James Robinson? If that one year did his Achilles and... Just never came back, did he? He's just been cut from everywhere. Well, the Jets apparently cut him because he'd lost any juice. So I don't know if the juice had gone after the Achilles, but we saw with Donta Foreman, it takes sometimes a couple of years, doesn't it? So I guess we'll just have to see with him. Yeah, well, I didn't fare so well actually in the AFC. My cheap pickup was on of a night just on the back of Brees Hall, maybe missing some time at the start. But the Jets are killed sort of day two really and uh, they took Abanakanda, uh, Israel Abanakanda in the draft so yeah it's on of a night I, I've ended up just cutting him from a couple of rosters that he was tagging on at the end and annoyingly it's just pretty much killed Abanakanda because unless Brees Hall misses some time at the beginning with his ACL 
uh, it's not not going to be much use. And it was a bit of a shame because I know we both quite liked him. He was rising up boards, weren't he? Yeah, he's an athletic specimen. And I think quite a few people were looking at him in rookie drafts and things like that. But as you said, he, he kind of got killed going to the to the Jets because he's going to be behind a workhorse in Brees Hall, isn't he? Yeah, and I've obviously Michael Carter's still there. I do wonder what they think of Michael Carter because they continue just to add people to that room. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. Um, But going down south, uh, do you want to take us away for your one, AFC South? Yeah, so my AFC South guy was Kyle Phillips, and that looks to be um, quite the hit. Although how how well the Titans (laughs) will do this year, I don't know. But they only added Colton Dow in the seventh round, so... The slot role looks quite uh, quite confirmed for Carl Phillips because there's literally nobody else there. There's there's Traylon Burks, there's Chigo Conquo, and Nick Westbrook Ikine. So Carl Phillips looks all set for that slot role, hopefully. So um, yeah, quite a hit with that one. Uh, I mean, that was a really weird pick there, Colton Dow. I know we're going to cover the, the the picks, but I couldn't even find anything on player profile for this lad. So yeah, it's um, Carl Phillips has made it out of the draft really well. So uh, I know we both like him. Uh, mine in this division was Nico Collins, uh, wide receiver at the Texans, and I suppose a, a bit of a hit to a degree. They've obviously added a, a better quarterback, so he'll finally get somebody throwing him the ball. Had nothing at Michigan, he's had nothing in, in Texas, but <clears throat> obviously added uh, CJ Stroud, so could be a bit more productive. Um, they did add, obviously, Tank Dell, smaller receiver, but I think that's a completely different role to the one that Nico Collins will play. So, in theory, I think uh, this is a, a mini hit, um, still really cheap. Could have some production with a better quarterback. Yeah, I think it's definitely a hit for Nico Collins. I think the receivers have added were a different profile, and you got a feel for Nico Collins. He had garbage Shea Patterson quarterback in uh, Michigan, and then he had uh, Heather Mills and his massive neck, didn't he? So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, is it? No, exactly. So yeah, I hope he comes out and does well. But you know, interesting receiver him there. I know we spoke a few times about Robert Woods. I mean, he could just be complete dust. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the hit. Yep. So, uh, on to the AFC West. So, my pick was Zamir White, which looks to be another hit. The Raiders didn't add anyone to the running back room. So, uh, yeah, White looks set for the uh, backup role to Josh Jacobs. So, yeah, I'm fairly happy with that one as well. Yeah, it's a, a nice call. And I suppose it depends how much work he gets. But if anything happens to Jacobs, he steps into a, a bell cow role in a sort of run heavy offense. So, yeah, survived the draft. Um, mine wasn't so successful, really. I, I touted Justin Ross as a really cheap sort of throw-in at the Chiefs. Um, they did pick up Rashi Rice, probably a bit higher than people thought. So he likely sort of nukes Justin Ross before the hype had really even got going, to be honest. So a um, bit of a long shot. Who knows? He might make the 53. But yeah, it's probably probably a bit of a miss, really, on Justin Ross. But didn't expect too much anyway. How many more workout videos would it take for you to be back in on Justin Ross? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't cut him everywhere. I've kept him on a few. So I'm just waiting for a, some sort of a hip-hop track to, to drop a few camera angles and I'll be back in. Brilliant. We're all, we're all the same, though. One little uh, one little clip on Twitter and we're, we're all over him. So down to the, AS, to the NFC North, the best division in football in the world. Dreadful. Awful. <laughs> so mine was uh, Ty Chana. So I don't know if he's a hit or a miss at the moment. The Vikings did take... Uh, Dwayne McBride, but it was in the seventh round. If Cook does go, he's not gone yet, but if Dalvin Cook does go, then it looks open behind uh, Alexander Mattison. There's, there's Dwayne McBride and there's Kenny Nguangwu and um, Ty Chandler. But I don't know if he's a hit or a miss, really. Kind of undecided because we don't know what Cook's going to do, do we? 
No, we don't. I mean, that's the key thing. There was talk about he could go down into Miami, but he's just not really progressed, is it? And yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking it as a bit of a, a hit just because Cook hasn't left. I've cut Chandler in a couple just when my roster's a bit a bit bulky now, but could still be interesting. I mean, Dwayne McBride, we'll talk about him again shortly, but different profile to um to Ty Chandler. Absolute rock hands um, from what I've seen. So yeah, bit of a hit or miss, I'm not sure yet. Um, I seem to be missing all over the place here. I've got my call here was James Mitchell, tight end at the Detroit Lions. And this was always a bit of a speculative one. He was rostered, I think, in about 14% of leagues, and that was me and you. Um, but obviously, the Lions drafted Sam Laporta. So, I mean, that pretty much nukes James Mitchell. We might get some work in 12 personnel, uh, but I expect Laporta's going to get a fairly heavy workload. I know you've added him in every single league so far. I've traded up to get him a few times. So, you're obviously a fan. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm quite high on uh, Sam Laporta. I think he's got the capital, and I think he's got the OC there in Detroit. So I'm, I'm fairly high on Sam Laporta. I'm, um, there was a couple of leagues where I actually didn't get him because there's a Detroit Lions fan, and I think he made sure he got him before everyone did. So yeah, I missed him in a couple, but I'm really happy with him there. Shame for James Mitchell because I quite liked him as well. But um, yeah, he's been killed, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, on to the NFC East, the, the official best division in football. Um, I'll jump in first just for a change. So mine was Diami Brown, wide receiver at the Commanders. I don't like to say it's a hit because he's obviously a very long shot to do anything, but it didn't really add much at all. So um, I suppose in theory, it's the position hasn't changed and I'll take the hit. Obviously linked with uh, with Sam Howell, connected really well in North Carolina. So yeah, I suppose it's a hit in terms of a buy or a sell. Still a bit of a long shot. Yeah, I think, that's, um, I think it's definitely a hit at the moment because as you say, he's got that connection with Sam Howell. So... I think that's something to bank on and, and I think he's third or fourth on, on the depth chart. So, yeah, it's definitely one to look at. Uh, my guy in the NFC East was from a garbage franchise, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. So, looks to be it's a, a shame. Yeah. Looks to be a hit, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Giants added uh, Jalen Hyatt, who could be a deep threat, but um, didn't really add a bigger-bodied receiver until um, they took your boy, Bryce Ford-Wheaton, as an undrafted free agent. So, your boy could actually kill my boy here, which would which would uh, anger me no end. Well, it will anger me as well because I've got Isaiah Hodgins in in officially fifteen leagues, so uh, it would it would nuke me a bit. But yeah, I think this is a hit. I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton, despite being a favourite of the podcast, is a bit of a long shot. Um, but yeah, the profile came through really well. Hodgins, I think he's got that sort of X receiver on on lock really, and connected really well with Dan Jones. So yeah, this was a a nice hit. I still don't think he costs you very much, to be honest. There's just no sort of aura around him. People just don't value him. So I think you could probably still get him for a third, couldn't you? No aura? What is, what is he, a psychic? Well, good, good division. Who knows? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so let me let me ask this question. If you had to if you had to bin one of them, Hodgins or Ford Wheaton, which one are you, which one are you burying? Oh, come on. You're killing me. Um <laughs> I'd, I'd have to cut my boy Bryce just because I know no one's going to pick him up. So I'll pick him up later down the line. But yeah, I'm, I haven't cut Hodgins anywhere. I've got him everywhere. Um, and I think it's a really good hit. So yeah, as much as it pains me to say, good shout from you. So down to the uh, NFC South. Uh, mine was Terrace Marshall. Probably a massive, massive miss. Uh, the Panthers added Jonathan Mingo and he's got early second round draft capital. Bigger bodied speed specimen. And that probably takes Marshall's spot. Uh, add this to Thielen and Chark already uh, taken this year and, and the future looks bleak for Terrace Marshall. Always a chance, but looks to be the fourth receiver there at the minute, doesn't he? 
Yeah, and, and you know, I think I did a, a bit of a joint one there, and I mentioned Lavista Chenault as a possible outside chance, but yeah, I think they're both a bit nuked, really. But you never know; they're all saying the right things, and the coaching staff are saying they really like Marshall. I saw an interview with Adam Thielen saying that he's he's learning a lot from Marshall, which is a bit of a weird thing for a 32 year old receiver to say. Um, who knows? But yeah, it does look like uh, Mingo's coming for his job, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, shame really. But down to the uh, NFC West, um, my guy was Lance McCutcheon, probably another miss as well, another big miss. His role was likely taken by Puka Nakua, who was taken in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Puka Nakua is actually a very good all-round versatile receiver, so I think he's a sneaky uh, sneaky ad there as well that we'll talk about later. But yeah, my guy Lance McCutcheon is uh, probably dead and buried now. Yeah, that one was always a very, very long one. I think he was in about 6% of leagues owned, wasn't he? So really long shot. But again, these are just the flies that you can pick up for nothing. And if they don't work, you cut them. So, um, But I think mine's a bit of a hit. I went for Keontae Ingram, uh, running back at the Cardinals, and quietly came out really well from the draft. I think people expected they'd add someone, given that the only real competition in front of him is a 28-year-old, really fragile James Connor. Uh, but they didn't add anything. Um, they brought in an undrafted free agent, Amari Demacado, who... Apparently backed up um, backed up Kendra Miller at TCU. Um, but obviously they're strengthened their O-line as well. They brought in Paris Johnson. So I think Ingram could still be a bit of a pickup, um, to be honest. He's the RB2 in, in Arizona. Dreadful side, but if you can get him for nothing off waivers, absolutely pick him up. Bit of a hit. Well, he's a pass catcher as well. I think um, I think this might be the biggest hit out of all of them, really, because like you say, Connor's injury prone and he's got a role there if Connor's out. It just depends whether they add a veteran, doesn't it? That's exactly it. I mean, there's still a few floating around, but at the moment, I think that's um, probably quite a hit. Because if you can get a running back that produces for nothing, uh, you've done really well. So, yeah, a few hits there, a few misses. But no, we've not got not too much time. But just to run through some of the guys that we said to sell as well, just going to name them. Just to, we actually hit on loads of them, to be fair. Said to sell Rashad Bateman, Raheem Mostert, Travis Etienne, Khalil Herbert, Rashad Penny, Tyler Algier, um, all, all the cells in our cell show, and they've all been pretty much nuked in the draft. So, yeah, um, just give us a bit of credit there. I think we come up with some really good cells as well to move off in Dynasty. Because if you didn't sell them in time, probably a bit stuck with them now. I've got uh, Tyler Algier in one league, and um, yeah, he's. He, oh, I might, I might even, I might even bin it. No, I won't bin him, but he's he's completely dead, isn't he? He's he's going to lose out big time there now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've got him in one league, but you can't cut him though because he does have some value. I think if you know if Bijan misses any time for any reason, then he he steps into that Arthur Smith system, so he will have some production. He's one of those roster cloggers that will just do nothing though. Maybe start once a year. Um, bit of a shame, but saw it coming. But uh, yeah, I couldn't shift him myself, so didn't heed my own advice. Yeah, we did try, didn't we? I, I know I definitely did, and I know you definitely did as well. But we just couldn't, we couldn't, couldn't move him on anywhere. Maybe the people have wised up to the fact that. Arthur Smith loves his running backs and was likely taking one high. So, on to the uh, the draft uh, the draft picks rounds four to seven. So, Sean, you can uh, I'll take rounds four and six, and you get the odd numbers in five and seven because I'm a bit of an OCD weirdo. So, go for it, it, mate. I'll allow you to do that. Appreciate it. So, uh, round four, pick one hundred and fifteen. Our boy Roshan Johnson to the Bears. So he's a he's a podcast favourite. Uh, he's landed on my actual team. I think he's got a pathway there. I don't think we've got any commitment to Khalil Herbert past this season, and Donta Foreman is just a guy we added for the season. So, Roshan Johnson could be the long term boy uh, at the Bears. 
I mean, this is a fantastic result. I mean, a few people weren't a fan of the landing spot, but I think we we both like it, don't we? And Khalil Herbert's done well, but I think he was always at risk. And Donta Foreman's not a bad guy, but he's only there for a year. And the the coaching staff really like him. I don't know if you saw any of these quotes that were flying around. Yeah, I've seen Johnson. the quotes here. They love him. They, he's, they, one of the quotes was that he's wired differently, wasn't it? Wired differently. When you meet him, he makes you think that you need to better yourself or something like that. So they're obviously... <laughs> Bit bit weird, but they're obviously quite high on Johnson. So, yeah, I think he can take over this backfield fairly quickly, do you? Yeah, I think, you know, we took Khalil Herbert in the fifth. So, I think he's he's a free agent next year. So, there's, there's no commitment to him. I think it'll be uh, Johnson and Khalil Herbert as, as the one and two. And I think Foreman will end up being just the, the third guy on a body, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um. He's rising up the boards in, in rookie drafts. I've had to reach to get him on a few as well. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if close to the season he's um he's going a lot higher. Yep. So, um, next one, pick four, uh, sorry, round four, pick 125, Darius Davis to the Chargers. So, not someone I looked at before, but he's a, he's a 4 3 6 40 man. So, he's basically a deep threat backup to Jalen Guyton, but I hadn't done much work on him. And I just presume he's a deep threat backup, really. Yeah, I've never heard of him at all. Um, not someone I've done any work on. So it seems a bit high for someone who, I know nerds like us, if we've not heard of him, then it's a bit of a weird one. The Chargers, uh, the Chargers fans online were fuming about it. So uh, Were they really? <laughs> yeah, apparently so, yeah. So on to the next one, round four, pick 127, Jake Hayner to the Saints. Just looks to be a reliable backup behind Carr and probably behind Winston. I, I mean, he might have a, a camp battle with uh, Jameis on his hands and uh, depends where Jake Hayner goes from there. You should always pick up a, a quarterback in, in sort of these later rounds, really. I think every year it's just sensible plan, isn't it? So as you said, just a bit of a reliable backup. Yep. So round four, pick 128, Stetson Bennett to the Rams. So for me, this is one of my potential late ads. Um, I've taken Stetson Bennett in a lot, a lot of rookie drafts at the moment, just because of the uncertainty around Stafford's future and Stafford's injuries as well. So big ad for me in rookie draft, Stetson Bennett. I think I've picked him up in, in loads already. So yeah, what do you make of it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've not managed to get him just because I haven't had the picks in the right sort of zone. It would always be a bit of a reach. But people forget Matthew Stafford's essentially been playing with a broken back for the last few years, sort of on and off. So it's not like a, a small injury that he's been suffering with for a long time. So, yeah, I, I like the pick. I think uh, if you can get a, a cheap backup quarterback in Superflex leagues, it's uh, worth the weight in gold. I mean, what are you paying for Bennett? You get him in the fifth round, aren't you, I think? Um, yeah, so it's been ranging really from anywhere from mid fourth, late fourth to early fifth. So I, I don't care. I mean, them them picks would normally throw away. So I'm fine picking up a, a potential starting quarterback. I'm not even a massive fan of Stetson Bennett, the player, but you can't ignore that he could have a potential role there. He's, he's a really good game manager as well. And I think he'd fit with McVeigh. Yeah, and people moan about his age. I mean, I think he's he's about 26 years old, isn't he, by the time the season starts. But do we care? I mean, he's going to be a one-contract backup quarterback in the league. So he's, he's going to be out of contract by the age of 29. That's not a problem, is it, at all in Dynasty? So, yeah, I think that's a really sensible pickup for, for that sort of price. He's better than that other nerd they had who was on LinkedIn. So let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> the wolf, wasn't it? <laughs> so uh, on to the next one. Uh, round four, pick 131, Charlie Jones to the Bengals. There was a lot of late buzz around um, Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Um, best comparable to Devonta Smith. So 
5'11", but he's only 175 pounds. He ran a 4'4", So I think um, he's another nice late pickup, Charlie Jones. I quite like his profile and I think he's one to gamble on. You don't know who the Bengals are going to keep, whether they keep Boyd and Higgins. We don't know because they've got quite a lot of money to pay out. So he's another one I'm happy to pick up late. Yeah, I mean, I've not got him anywhere myself, but I think if there's wide receivers that you want to target, you want to target them for the Bengals, don't you? So if you can pick him up, I, I agree. It's worth a, worth a squeeze. I mean, the weight is a bit concerning. Devonta Smith's a bit of a unicorn and there's not going to be many that are coming in at £175 and producing. So, but uh, yeah, we'll see. They've got a few few interesting ones there. His nickname is also Charlie Football. Charlie Football adjust ranks, then I'm taking him. <laughs> so on to the next one. Round four, pick 133, Tyler Scott to the Bears. So for me, very similar in skill set, size and build to size, skill and build to Darnell Mooney. So looks to be maybe a backup for Darnell Mooney and maybe they've sailed on Mooney and maybe Mooney won't be picked up um, next year, I believe. So um, yeah, Tyler Scott could be his replacement or could be his backup. So another one to keep an eye on. I mean, what sort of world are you in where you've got to get a backup to Darnell Mooney, though? It's a bit of a tragedy, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a great pick for me. I, I, round four, I guess it's not too bad, but um, just just a speed guy, really. That He's exactly the same profile as Mooney. So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange yeah. one, but yeah. So, uh, on to the yeah, next one. Uh, round four, pick 135, Aiden O'Connell to the Raiders. So I liked him. Um, I like him in late rounds of the draft at the moment as well. Um, he was really good at the combine. Quite a few people I follow that um, were there and uh, some other analysts loved how he threw the ball at the combine. He's one I'm picking up because um, some of the reports from um, the coach there as well, Josh McDaniels, was that he's got a similar release to Tom Brady. So um, I'm going in all that, all in on that hype and taking Aidan O'Connell in, in the fifth round of rookie drafts. He's only got to get past Brian Hoyer, the destroyer, to uh, to take the uh, backup job. So another one I'm targeting late. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sensible. It's a bit, <laughs> Raiders was a, a position that we thought could possibly be an interesting landing spot for one of these developmental quarterbacks. And yeah, I, I think O'Connell's ceiling probably is just a, a fairly reliable backup, but who knows, it, you know. Interesting pickup, I suppose. So uh, on to round five, and these are, these are your guys. Yeah, with uh, with your OCD, I'll pick up the odd numbers. So yeah. uh, round five, pick one three nine, Clayton Tune to the Cardinals. Uh, came out of Houston, so maybe he's got an early chance to to play if he can bypass Colt McCoy in camp. Six uh, three runs a four six three forty, so not terrible at all. And I think this is um I think I've seen you possibly pick him up in a, in a couple of late rookie drafts but I think there's just potentially an opportunity to get some early work there really and in super flex leagues that's quite valuable but uh, purely because who knows what's happening with Kyle Murray um, so yeah not someone I'm overly interested in but if you need some quick production who knows he might end up getting some work fairly quickly uh, are you interested in Mr. Tune? Um, do you reckon the Cardinals can get a tune out of him or not? <laughs> It's absolutely terrible. Let's move on. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Round five, pick 140. Dorian Thompson-Robinson to the Browns. Um, this was a guy that I'd sort of touted as one of my sleepers, and I thought if he landed in the right spot, he could be a good developmental guy. And I suppose it's not a great landing spot, given how much they've paid uh, Watson. I suppose the only good thing, though, is that uh, Thompson-Robinson's a dual-threat quarterback, uh, played a really good role at UCLA. Um, good backup for Watson. 
But obviously, without uh, going into the details for obvious legal reasons, there's every possibility that the Sean Watson could find himself in bother again because these uh, these stories and cases just come out of the woodwork. So if that ever happens, there is possibly a path for Dorian Thompson Robinson to get some work. So, I mean, are you uh, are you banking on that? Are you rostering this man anywhere? Do you know what? I really wanted him to land in a good position because, like you, I quite liked him as a as a sleeper quarterback. And and, and anyway, going on to those Watson legal issues, you're you're the lawyer of the uh, pod, so um, if you're telling me that more might be coming out, then uh, you, I'm trusting you with that. So I'm going to pick Thompson Robinson up everywhere now. This I just make up cases to uh, get get players moving. That's what I do. Um, so moving on, uh, round five, pick one forty three, Israel Abanikanda to the Jets. I mean. This was not quite as heartbreaking as, uh, as Zach Charbonnet, but this was a, a really disappointing landing spot, wasn't it? Stuck um, possibly as the RB3 on a, a team behind a massive workhorse in Brees Hall. Um, were you upset about this? Yeah, I think a few people were. Like, like we talked about earlier, he's got a really good athletic profile, big home run hitter, really good speed. And he's kind of killed already before his career started by landing on the Jets because Brees Hall was only taken last year. He's got years left. I don't know. It's just not a great spot, is it? No, no, it's not going that cheap either. He's still going in sort of the third round, early third of rookie drafts. I mean, I think if you start sliding a bit, if you're a Brees Hall owner, you might want to pick him up um, because there's every chance Brees Hall could aggravate and miss some time. But otherwise, I mean, it's just a bit of a disaster, really. Um, Going to run through some of these, some conscious of time. So round five, pick 147, Josh Wiley, uh, tight into the Titans. Um, more of a blocking tight end, but, you know, can catch as well. So a bit of an all-round tight end skill set. But I think Unconquo's the, the man there. So probably not much interest from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, move on. Uh, round yeah, round five, pick 149, Sean Clifford, quarterback to the Packers. Um, just a, a fairly stable backup quarterback, really. Did beat out uh, Will Levis at Penn State. Six foot two, runs a four six seven forty, so fairly similar to Jordan Love in profile. Um, but they've just paid Jordan Love for for a year, so they've obviously committed to him. This is just a backup, no real interest there at all. If they do move on from Love, it's not going to be uh, the Sean Clifford show, despite a lovely name. Um, the next one I think is quite interesting. So uh, round five, pick one fifty, Justin Shorter to the Bills. Um, don't know if you've seen the photos of this man, but he's six three and he's absolutely stacked, built like a tank. Um, bit of a DK Metcalf shirt off pose doing the rounds um, after this pick. So big possession receiver on the outside. Doesn't look that explosive, but I mean, we've discussed before about Gabe Davis being on the last year, probably not being the long-term answer. So a bit of an interesting one, Justin Shorter. Yeah, I definitely think this is an interesting one. And I did see the pictures of him with his shirt off. I printed a couple out and I've kept them for the uh, lonely late nights. But um, yeah, he's built like an absolute brick house, isn't he? Give, give, the uh, DK Metcalf vibes, but he's a he's a big possession receive, receiver. It's very similar in profile to Gabe Davis, six foot three, not explosive, but um, will win contested catches. So I think they may be looking ahead to the future because I don't think they're going to commit to Gabe Davis. So probably a decent pickup. Yeah, I mean, I've got him. I think I've picked him up in one just because he's. I mean, he's going if at all. He's going late fifth, so he's someone that you can get in the last round of your rookie drafts and. I'm trying to sort of rotate him in. So I'm going to stash him in a couple just in case. So I think it's an interesting one. Um, Moving on, round five, pick 159, Dontavian Wicks to the Packers. Um, Packers seem to pick up quite a few this year. I think they just, they like to take a few and just see who rises to the top, don't they? But fairly big, uh, six foot one possession receiver. It's not that explosive, runs a four, six, two. So um, it's not really 
good, deep wide receiver in Green Bay. Obviously, Christian Watson's the wide receiver one there. They added Reed. They've got Bo Melton. Romeo Dobbs, I think, could be done. And they added Grant DeBose, who we're going to speak about a bit later. Um, so a bit of a weird wide receiver. And this is just a, a depth piece and see what happens, isn't it? No real interest. Yeah, I, would, um, I, left out, um, I left out some Maury Toure, who's still there as well. But it's just like a room full of like uh, average guys. And then they try and see who rises to the top, don't they? It's just a room full of Packers receivers. Literally, that's yeah. just what they do, isn't it? Just add yeah. these these bums and see if anyone rises. So, I mean, I've got no interest in him at all, to be honest. Uh, round fit, five pick, 162. Will Mallory, uh, tight end to the Colts. Decent size, speed score, runs a 454 uh, for a six foot five and 246 pounds. That's not a bad, bad speed at all. Um, possibly get some work in the intermediate routes, but he's not great split out wide. Um, I think he's not, not going to get that much work in Indianapolis. They've always had a, a few tie ends that haven't quite worked out. Uh, I can't seem to get much work. So uh, round five, pick 163, Chase Brown to the Bengals. I know that you weren't um, a big fan, but I quite like Chase Brown. Uh, obviously tore the combine apart and really tested out like a bit of a freak athlete. Um, he's not the biggest, is he? But I think he uh, he got the highest uh, broad jump and yeah, just um, a bit of an athletic freak. The reason I'm slightly interested in Chase Brown is because who knows what's going to happen behind Joe Mixon. There's talk about could he be moved or even cut, which would be a bit of a weird move, I think but they haven't got very much behind him. So um, I think there's every chance that Chase Brown could be the third down back. Bit of a breather back for Joe Mixon. You got any interest in Brown? Have you changed your tune? Uh, I'm not a, really a huge fan of him, but I don't think you can ignore the landing spot. It just depends whether there's a veteran landing. Now, I could see Kareem Hunt in uh, in Cincinnati, but I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Round five, pick 164, Jaron Hall to the Vikings. Um, again, this is a bit of an athletic freak coming out of BYU. Um, round five, this is just a backup quarterback, isn't it, really? I, I can't see him doing very much there. Who was that chap they had there for a couple of years? Um, people were talking that he could That'll make it. Kellen, didn't. Uh, Kellen Mond. That's it. I think this is just another Kellen Mond type lad, isn't it? He'll sit there for a couple of years. Um, can't see him doing too much. If the Vikings do move on from Kirk Cousins, which... They could well do. I can't imagine Hall's going to be the star. But have you got any any views on that? Yeah, I've not really. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Jaron Hall before the process, and uh, the landing spots still no not great for me. He's still got to beat Nick Mullins out of camp yet as well, and I, I think Nick Mullins is a fairly fairly reliable backup. So yeah, I could even be cut or stuck on the practice squad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so round five, pick 171, Payne Durham, uh, tie into the Buccaneers. Um, bit of a blocking tight end, um, not very explosive, fairly big. He runs a 487-40. I mean, he's not going to do very much behind K-Dot. And they do like these two tight end sets down there. And he's just going to be a bit of a blocking tight end, not going to do very much. Mm-hmm. Um, round five, pick 172, Eric Gray to the Giants. Um I mean, this is just a bit of a third down back. Saquon's going to get all the work there. He's got decent hands, though. Good pass catcher. I don't think he's going to take over any work post Barkley if Barkley doesn't stay after this year. Um, but yeah, I do like the landing spot. I just don't think there's ever going to be very much productivity, unfortunately, because I do like the player. Do you like Eric yeah. Gray? Yeah, I like Eric Gray. I took him um, pre, um, pre-draft in a couple of rookie startups, but... Um... Yeah, I think he's going to get the uh, the third down role there. There's only Barkley, and I know you, that they use Matt Breeder and they trust Matt Breeder, don't they? Who else is there? Is it Gary Brightwell or something like that? I'm, I'm not having that. That's it. That's a disgusting <laughs> name. So um, I'm, not having a, I'm not having a running back called Gary. What a joke. <laughs> Drives an old Sierra. There's no chances there. No. Um, 
Yeah, I, yeah, he can go and run about three ahead of Gary because uh, there's no chance. Um, yeah, moving on. Round five, pick 176. Evan Hull, your boy. Ended up at the Colts. I'll let you take this one. This was a bit of an interesting landing spot, I think. He's going to get some third down work at the very least, isn't he? Yeah, so this was one of my sleepers. I was really, um, really high on Evan Hull. Uh, definitely can take the third down role there at the Colts. Uh, there's not much else there, really. You've got Jonathan Taylor and... I'm not sure, even sure who else is there. You got um, what's his name, Dion? Um, Dion Jackson. Dion Jackson. Zach Moss, I think, is still there, and there's just not a lot there. And they cut a few guys as well this week, running back. So I think they might have Evan Hole pinned in for a substantial role. He's he's honestly, I think he could really, really have a have a good sort of role there at the uh, Colts. You know, if Taylor gets injured as well, I think. Hole can do make inroads into a decent role there. I'm really, really happy with the role. I've picked him up in more drafts, and people have actually latched onto it as well, and they've been picking him up, which has annoyed me. So I've been sniped in a few for Evan Hole. So I should have kept my mouth shut on this one. I'm fairly annoyed, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I do like it. I mean, Dion Jackson's an absolute bum, and, and he's had some really good productive weeks. So yeah, I think I've taken Hull in a couple just to annoy you. I do that. Um, yeah, but I was pleased that a decent landing spot. He's never going to crack over Taylor, but um, sometimes all it takes is an injury. Um, and the final pick in the fifth round from a fantasy perspective, round five, pick 177, Puka Nakua to the Rams. Uh, this is a lad that I wasn't that interested in in the pre-draft process, but I think this is a brilliant landing spot. I know it, it uh, nuked your boy Lance McCutcheon, but I think there's just a, there's definitely a role that he can carve out there. Um, there's nothing else in the receiving room, is there, other than Cooper Cup? 30 years old coming off an ACL so uh yeah um six six foot two possession receiver really decent profile and for a fifth round pick there was a bit of um a bit of a shenanigans about him they were calling him they were filming the call I know they do all that sort of stuff but they clearly like the lad did you see much puka yeah I think um he was a he was a favorite of the guys down at the senior bowl I think he did the first two days there and they said he was really good in practice and then he kind of flew home he didn't come back did he yeah, I yeah. flew home. I've done enough. So um, he clearly had I quite respect it, to be fair. Yeah, comes in, does, does a day and just leaves. I respect it. <laughs> I've shown enough. But um, yeah, yeah he's, he's a good all-round um, receiver, possession receive, receiver, good all-round traits. And uh, he's definitely got a chance at the Rams because I think the uh, who's, who's there, Tutu Atwell, and he's about 50 pounds when wet, isn't he? So um, Van Jefferson, is, they're going to be trash as well. And I think he's going to get chances this year. Uh, going back to McCutcheon, I think I'd have been better off with Martin McCutcheon. So um, we'll leave it there. Yeah, this is your moment. Um, I'll let you take it away with the, the even round six. Go for it. So yeah, round six, pick 185, Parker Washington to the Jaguars. So it's an intriguing landing spot where there isn't much beyond sort of Ridley, Kirk, uh, Jones and Agnew, but not really a standout in any sort of trait. Um, bit of a gadget player as well. Um, I don't know, maybe he can carve something out, maybe one to keep an eye on. What do you think? Oh, I just think it's, it'll be hard to see how many how much work he can get, really, because obviously Kirk's a bit of a slot volume guy. Jones did really well last year. Chuck Ridley into it. They've obviously added the running back. ETM wants some work. Engram on the franchise tag. It's tough to see him carving out a role, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think this, this season it is, yeah, for definite. But uh, next pick, round six. Pick one eight seven. This is uh, this is your boy. I might let you take this one. So, Kayshawn Butte to the Patriots. So, take it away. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I, on the last episode, I called Kayshawn Butte when he was falling. Uh, we were talking about where he might land, and I said this could be a classic Uncle Bill reclamation project. And here we are, 
round six, he stopped the bleeding. Um, obviously, go go back a year, 18 months, Butte would have been potentially the wide receiver one of the class. I mean, he was the Devi wide receiver one not long ago. Suffered that really bad injury in, in 2021 and obviously came back last year and didn't produce crap numbers at the combine, crap numbers at the pro day that he just started to stick with the combine numbers. Just a bit of a weird one with his, his attitude. I don't know what, what's going on. Um, obviously a massive fall, but I really like the landing spot, um, to be honest, because the wide receiver room's crap. Obviously got Juju there is going to get some volume in the slot. Um, you've got Tyquan Thornton stretching the field. But I mean, who's he competing with? 31-year-old Devontae Parker. Not much else. About 15 tight ends. So, um, yeah, I like the landing spot. I've been picking him up pretty much everywhere I can. He's going like the late third. And at that sort of level, I think, you know, he could be nothing. But if he hits, I think he could hit big. So, yeah, I'm back in on, on Keyshawn Boutte. So, what about you? Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? If he does hit, he's going to hit big. And, and it's going to be a a really good pickup if you're getting him late third, early fourth, isn't it? So, yeah, um, round six, I don't know how much they'll be invested in him, but he's definitely got a chance because the Patriots previously have taken undrafted free agents. Jacoby Myers was an undrafted free agent. I believe Julian Edelman was as well, or he was taken as like a gadget player. If you can prove that you can sign into what Bill wants to do and you can play, then he will play you. So it's all on Keyshawn Boutte now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And if he fails, he fails. You've spent a late third. It's not the end of the world. But just think in the third round, you're not really going to start many of the lads you pick up there. So shoot for the upside. It's definitely worth a go. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was quite one, pleased with that. Uh, round six, pick 188. So Tanner McKee to the Eagles. Uh, I've got not a lot of interest in this one. I'm not sure the Eagles do really because he doesn't fit in profile to what Jalen Hurts does. So he's a six foot six pocket passer. So maybe a few years ago he'd have gone higher, but I think he's a guy for yesterday's game. He was once in Bucky Brooks' top five quarterback draft prospects, which was when he released it was a bit weird. So I've got very little interest in Tanner McKee. And I think if he'd done anything, I think the Eagles would just look to trade him. I mean, why are the Eagles obsessed with these big dweebs? I mean, last year they picked up, I think Carson Strong was in the room for a while just completely different profile to what, what they've got starting. It's not like you can swap him in. You know, like you look at Baltimore and you've obviously got Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. You can see that working, but what is this guy? It's just a bit of a weird pick. So, yeah, as you said, a bit of a guy for yesterday's game. It's a very weird one. So why didn't they take someone like uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you know, similar profile to Hertz and can probably do similar in, in, in their scheme? It doesn't make any sense, does it? That's exactly what I, th- I don't understand. It's just if you lose your quarterback, you've got to start the backup. You've got completely change the playbook it's just a bit of a weird one other than obviously the Patriots they just pick up a quarterback every year stash him if he develops they move him on it might be that sort of play but yeah I don't think he's ever going to do much is he yeah I mean we know Mar- Marcus Mariota is going to be the backup but I mean you at least want a guy in the same sort of profile don't you yeah, exactly yeah I forgot about Paul uh, Marcus Mariota to be fair <clears throat> round six pick 191 Trey Palmer to the Buccaneers so he's a flyer he's a 4-3-3-40 speed so he's um, likely taking the Scotty Miller role on the Buccaneers um, the deep guy um, proper speed also play special teams as well so he's going to he's going to make the field one for me to um, monitor I think if he if he can expand on that role I think he's one to keep an eye on yeah, there's not much there, is there, behind, obviously, Evans and Godwin. I mean, they've got, is Russell Gage still there? And obviously, Scotty Miller's always sniffing around. It's um, I think they need to decide, are they rebuilding or are they not? Because you could see, could Evans move on at some stage? Um, you've, uh, you've, um, you've, let, you've let the podcast down here. Scotty Miller's gone to the Falcons, I believe. 
Is he really? I mean, the fact that you care where Scotty Miller is is a is a shame. But yeah, um, yeah, interesting one. I think they've they've picked up a couple couple of lads actually. It's just worth keeping an eye on who comes out of camp. Uh, so round six, pick one hundred ninety three. Chris Rodriguez to the Commanders. Uh, I've got very little interest in Chris Rodriguez. A four-five-seven grinder with not much role in the passing game. Just another guy for Riverboat Ron to take carries away from my boy Antonio Gibson, which is even more depressing. He's going to be running Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez up the gut for two yards every week, and yeah, angering me. So the sooner, the sooner the Commanders bin Riverboat, the better. Yeah, I completely agree. I've seen him a few times in the rookie. I just can't even bring myself to press the button. It's a uh... Yeah, just a depressing thing to think about. So no interest at all. It's called Chris as well. Nobody's doing that, are they? <laughs> Chris, the running back. Chris and Gary in the backfield in the <laughs> NFC East. It's absolute fucking tragedy. <laughs> so uh, next guy, round six, pick 195. A.T. Perry to the Saints. So big size speed specimen. One to keep an eye on, uh, possibly with the impending departure of Traquan Smith next year. Perry could grow into a role behind... A larvae. There's no definitive future for Michael Thomas either. We don't even know if he's going to be back. He's a bit of a soft one, isn't he? Oh, I don't know if he's going to be back indefinite in camp. And it's like it's the same story every season for the last three years. So I think uh, A.T. Perry could carve out a role at the Saints. I think he's one to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, he's a profile that we liked in, in the, the build-up, really, because there weren't many of these physical lads around. So, um, yeah, as you said, keep an eye on it because Thomas just can't stay fit. I think he's played played seven games in the last three years or something crazy. So, yeah, interesting one. Just keep an eye on him. He's, uh, his uh, profile's a good um, comparison, a co- good um, sort of difference to Alave as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They're quite um, quite complimentary, really. Alave's going to be a volume guy and you just need a bit of a big... Big X guy opposite him. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on. I know we, we, we seem to be obsessed with these undrafted free agents in, in New Orleans and uh, never quite works out, but we'll go again. Yeah, so uh, round six, pick 197. Elijah Higgins to the Dolphins. So, yeah, he's massive. Uh, giant wide receiver. Who, who a lot of people expected him to convert to tight end. And I've actually seen him listed as a tight end on some um, some roster spots with the Dolphins. So, I don't know what he's going to do, but... Six foot four, two hundred and fifty-three pounds. He's, he's a big boy, but he runs a four fifty-three forty. So, um, I listened and listened and read some of the and watched some of the senior bowl practices, and he was very cumbersome in and out of his roots at the senior bowl. Looked much more like a tight end with his route running. So maybe that's his future. Is is at tight end? I'm not sure he's going to be a wide receiver at the Dolphins, buried on that depth chart anyway. So the tight end role might be open for him. What do you make of it? Well. I- well, actually, I've picked him up in a tight end premium league in, in the fifth round for that exact reason, because when they announced him, they announced him as a tight end. And there's been a couple of interviews with uh, with the, the head coach there. Um, and they've, they've spoken quite openly about him playing tight end. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd. So I listened to the initial phone call when they when they called Higgins. And I don't know if this is a, a just your ranks in a bad way or not, but they called him and he just started crying and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, um, sort of want the lad to do well, but there is an opportunity in that tight end room. Um, I think they've got Durham Smythe that is the lead tight end there at the moment. So if they've got a big 253-pound, six-foot-four brick shells playing tight end, um, there's an opportunity there. So I've taken a punt in a tight end premium league just because the if he does hit and gets that starting role, it's potentially interesting. It's a weird one because I've seen him listed as a tight end and I've seen him listed as a wide receiver. So what's he, uh, what's he listed as on Sleeper? Let's just have a look. 
On sleeper, he's a wide receiver, but uh, uh, you know the Dolphins have taken him as a tight end, um, and even on the card, it was a tight end. So I think sleeper are just a bit, a bit lacking. They'll convert him at some stage, mind you. I think they still had um, called Daryl Patterson as a wide receiver, didn't they, for for ages? And <laughs> yeah, for half a season. Taysom Hill was a quarterback and all this sort of stuff. So um, yeah, sleeper sometimes can be a bit slow, but well, if he's listed the, as a tight end, even on sleeper's official site, Elijah Higgins moving to tight end. Yeah, moving to tight end, he's still listed the receiver. So, I mean, I think as a wide receiver, I've got no interest. But as a tight end, the tight end is is so dead. If you can pick up someone off waivers, because he's not really getting drafted. If he is, it's in the fifth. In a tight end premium league, it's worth a go. I mean, if if they picked up an actual tight end in the draft, people would be interested. So, yeah, I think there's um, a bit of a long shot, but it's worth a, worth a gamble in the late fifth. You've actually won me around with that. Actually, I'm, I might have a look at him now. You've uh, you've convinced me. I, I presumed he was just going to be a massive bum receiver. They'd never play, but now you mentioned the tight end. There's a chance, isn't there? So yeah. Honestly, you'll go dig in tonight. There's some good videos, good interviews, and you'll be all in. Honestly, I'm Team Elijah Higgins massively. Is, is there any videos of him with any hip hop tracks? I think there is. You, you'll you'll love it. Um, shaky camera angles, filmed on a Motorola Razor. You'll be fully in tight end, tight end one, Elijah Higgins. I'm all over it. So uh, next one, uh, pick six, uh, sorry, round six, pick 205. Xavier Hutchinson to the Texans. Six foot two possession receiver, average speed and explosion. But uh, the Texans seems to have drafted a few wide receivers, sort of hoping one or two make the rise. I mean, they took uh, Xavier Hutchinson, Tank Dale, and there's a, there's a guy later on that we're going to talk about. So, Maybe it's just a case of drafting a few receivers and seeing which ones rises, but I've not got a lot of interest in Xavier Hutchinson. What about you? Yeah, no, the same. Let's move on. No real interest at all. I think, as you said, I think when they draft new quarterbacks, they just draft a few lads and see if there's any chemistry, don't they? So, yeah, not a bad idea, I suppose, but no interest at all. So round six, pick 206, Andre Yoshivas to uh, the Bengals. He's a massive favourite of the uh, metric guys online. So six foot three, Tremendous size and speed um, RAS score, so relative athletic score. He, he, he aced that. He's got really, really good numbers. Nice grab for the Bengals to potentially replace Tyler Boyd or Higgins if Higgins goes one day. But yeah, he's a he's a like they they think he's a bit raw with his attributes, but he's a he's a he's massive on the metrics. So he's quick and he's big. So maybe one to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's an interesting profile. We mentioned earlier, you know, if you're going to chase a, a profile, you, you want it on the Bengals, I suppose, really, because they do run those uh, three, four wide receiver sets. And yeah, it might be worth stashing. I've not got him anywhere. It's just not quite, um, I've been prioritising other positions, but interesting profile. So round six, pick 210, Demario Douglas to the Patriots. I have done zero research on him previously. A uh, small slot out of Liberty, so only five foot eight, hundred and seventy nine pounds, and runs a four 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 forty. Can also play a bit of special teams, so a bit of a midget who can do a few things. Classic Uncle Bill, isn't it? Yeah, I mean this is just a classic Patriots thing, and he'll he'll do nothing. He'll have two catches for eight yards for the season. That's my my bold prediction. Um, yeah, he'll do nothing at all. So nice for him, good for him. No interest. Five foot eight, hundred and seventy nine pounds. No thanks. He's going to end up at quarterback, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Wildcat Douglas. <laughs> so round six, uh, pick 212, Deuce Vaughan to the Cowboys. So there was a nice uh, video and story of his dad in the personnel department of the Cowboys. 
but uh, I'm not going anywhere near a five foot five running back weighing 179 pounds. And and with that size, you'd also expect him to be quick. But he run a a four six one forty, which is pretty poor for his size. So I'm not going anywhere near him. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. Do you know what? I, I, it keeps falling to me, and I keep should I just pull the trigger? But I just can't do it. I've sort of turned around a little bit on on a chain um, and sort of taking him in a few places, but I'm not going 5-5 five, five at running back. I'm just not having it at all. I think people are just buying in because there is an opportunity there behind Pollard. Pollard's not going to be... Um, did I say Pollard or Pollard? I love pronouncing things strangely. But um, yeah, there's an opportunity for someone. I just don't think it's going to be a 5-5, five five, you know, son of the coach. I mean, it's just a bit of... A, are they just doing him a favour, do you think? Well, it looked a bit that way, didn't it? Because I don't think he's someone that the Cowboys will classically look at. I still think there's a chance Zeke might go back, you know. They, they keep being linked with him and Jerry can't give him up, can he? Exactly. They're, they're not going to just roll with Pollard and uh, and Juice Form. They're going to bring someone in, whether it's Zeke. Could it be Hunt? I mean, Hunt's pretty much the same player as Pollard, just a bit older. Um, but yeah, I fully expect them to get someone before the season starts. So five foot five and running a four six one. it's basically you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wish I was five. I wish I was 179 pounds. To be fair, um, I'd, I'd, I'd take that. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm fairly sure I could run in the, the high four sixes. So uh, yeah, <laughs> might might give him a call. So next one, round six, pick 215, Zach Evans to the Rams. So a very intriguing landing spot for a former five star recruit. So in pre combine, pre drafts, was going in the second round of rookie mocks as well. So. He was very, very high on Devi boards. Uh, I think he got beat out at his college where he was. I can't remember where it was. And then he was beaten out by Judkins as a, as a rookie. So kind of taken a little bit of a fall and he's had some injuries. But the profile is there. And for me, I'm very, very interested on the Rams because there's only Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, and maybe uh, McVay might bring his boy Malcolm Brown back. But uh, I'm very interested in Zach Evans. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I think in the pre-draft uh, sort of process I wasn't overly interested in but when when he falls to the sixth round it means he falls in rookie drafts and he's now going late third I think at that stage it's worth a punt I picked him up today and I think two leagues late third and I know we both like Cam Akers and he should get the work but you never know what's going through McVay's head do you obviously Akers just got completely bombed last season for no reason at all or we don't know the reason but yeah um, there's obviously room for someone to get some work so I think it's an interesting one yeah, definitely. So uh, on to round seven and I'll let you take this one away. How depressing is this? We're sitting there late at night on a on a Wednesday talking about round seven uh, fantasy picks. <laughs> Terrible. Um, round seven pick 219, Antoine Green, wide receiver to the Lions. Uh, six foot two, 199 pound wide receiver out of North Carolina. So decent size profile. Uh, he was a four star recruit, but he's a five year college player. Fairly limited production out of North Carolina. Um and even with Jameson Williams missing time, I suspect he's going to be behind Marvin Jones, who they brought back. And Josh Reynolds just always hangs around, doesn't he? And he'll get some work early on. So, yeah, I don't think there's any hope of anything for Antoine Green. Are you a, a fan of Antoine Green? Done some research, I assume. Um, the one problem I've got with him is £199. Either, either get to 198 or get to 200 I can't stand that 199 So um, that's a no for me. Yeah, I think at 200, your class was a real proper alpha, wouldn't you? But 199, it just seems a bit um, OCD. So, uh, yeah, here I am talking round seven. Just on that as well, Josh Reynolds is a, is a sneaky favourite. I actually like Josh Reynolds quite a lot. I, I think, I think early I know he's a get, but I like him. And I think if you need some early production, he's going to get some work. I mean, Jameson Williams is out for six games and he's not really 
integrate himself in the side, he's going to get some early work. And Marvin Jones is so boring, but again, he'll probably get some work as well. So if you need a quick spot start for the first few weeks, it's probably not a terrible shout in that offense, is it? Do you not think that Josh Reynolds always seems to kind of produce as well? He always seems to do well, doesn't he? He does all right. He's just got a really irritating photo on Sleeper though as well, which I I can't stand putting in my lineup. So uh, th- there is that. He looks like um, one of Doughboy's mates out of Boys in the Hood, which which is a problem for me. It does. He's very smiley. So um, yeah, let's move on. Um, not talking about Josh Reynolds uh, this time of night. Um, round seven, pick 220. Zach Kuntz, tight end to the Jets. This was a lad that we spoke about as a possible sleeper tight end just because he's an athletic freak and I think he's six foot eight and ridiculous measurables. Um, came out of Old Dominion, but I think he's going to be buried on this depth chart behind Tyler Conklin and uh, CJ Zoma and uh, whoever Aaron Rodgers decides to bring over from his old mate um, in, in Green Bay. So it just seems that Aaron Rodgers got the keys to bring absolutely any old bum that he used to play with. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much hope of Kuntz in the short term doing anything, but but who knows, he might carve out a role. Uh, any any interest here? Do you think he can climb that depth chart? Well, he's going to be even more buried when the big baby brings back Mercedes Lewis, isn't he? That I mean, that's the next one, isn't it? Mercedes Lewis is uh, 100% coming across at some stage. Yeah, no interest. Yeah, agreed. Um, round seven, pick 222, Dwayne McBride running back to the Vikings. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, talking about Ty Chandler. Um, five foot ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds. So pretty much perfect running back profile. Really, came out of uh, UAB, um, University of Alabama. I think I've never never heard of this uh, acronym. They had a really productive uh, season last year. Seventeen hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns. Um, not really a player that I'd done too much on previously, but from what I have seen, he's just got stone hands. He's best comparable to Ronald Jones, which I think um, says quite a lot. But yeah, I know you're you're not a Ronald Jones fan, but if Cook leaves, he could be interested because someone has to climb that depth chart. But I think it's probably going to be Madison plus a few others sprinkled in. I can't imagine he's going to carve out a big role. Uh, do you look at Dwayne McBride at all? Um, yeah, pre, pre-draft, pre yeah. The stone hands thing is very true, but he, he's a big favourite of Bucky Brooks, obviously. Bucky was uh, a, big, a big fan of Dwayne McBride, and I think we know why. Run the rock. Exactly, yeah. But um, yeah, I've not got a lot of interest. I much prefer Ty Chana, but I guess we'll see. If Cook goes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, next, moving on, round seven, pick 228. Colton Dowell, wide receiver to the Titans. I mean, this just blew my mind. I've never heard of him. We do so much research, and this is a lad that I've just not heard of at all. Um, couldn't get a, a player profile uh, page up at all, but he's a six foot, foot three, 212 pounds out of UT Martin. I mean, I've never come across this school before. I had a look. I don't know if you've managed to Google this lad or had a quick look. He's got an absolutely dreadful haircut, dreadful moustache. He looks like Ron Jeremy. He's just an absolute state. Um, so I'm not interested at all. Uh, I'm willing to bet he wears Under Armour stuff and Under Armour boots. So, yeah, move on. I think he wears Mizuno, uh, to be fair. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, Colton Dow is, is definitely not going to be on my board. Um, so adjust your ranks. Yeah. Um, Round, round seven, pick two, three, five, Lou Nichols running back to the Packers. Uh, Central Michigan running back. He's just a bit of a bowling ball. Uh, Zach Moss comparable running back, really. So five foot nine, 222 pounds in the seventh round. I don't think there's any interest here, is there? He's just a bit of a bruiser back that will uh, inevitably end up playing for Sean McVay at some stage. <laughs> yeah, the, the new Malcolm Brown. So, yeah. No That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, he's basically Malcolm Brown. So, uh, yeah, not for me. 
Um, round seven, pick 237, Kenny McIntosh running back to the Seahawks. And this is really irritating because if they hadn't taken Zach Charbonnet, this would be quite an interesting landing spot. Yeah, so yeah. A, a six foot uh, running back out of Georgia, sort of pass catching back. We thought they might uh, have taken before they wasted a pick on Charbonnet and killed our fantasy day. So uh, ruined draft night for us. He might get some third down work possibly, but I think um, there's going to be very limited volume there behind Charbonnet and, and Ken Walker, isn't it? Yeah, I really liked him at Georgia. He's 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 a bit of a wide receiver slash running back because he was very very good in the passing game. Um, not great running back instincts, but very good with the uh, with the ball in his hand. And yeah, I quite liked him. And as you say, if Charbonnet wasn't there, this would have been a lovely landing spot. But yeah, he's, he's dead now, isn't he? Pick seven. Oh, sorry, round seven, and behind those two, he's he's not got much chance, has he? No, he might get some work on special teams, similar to Travis Homer, but yeah, he's not going to get ahead of uh, the other two lads, is he, at all? Yeah. Um, so ra- round seven, pick 239, Max Duggan, quarterback uh, to the Chargers. So yeah, I mean, decent production out of TCU, uh, but he's fairly small, I think, for a quarterback, six foot three, but I think he's about 204 pounds or something. So he's not really built for quarterback in this league. He's got an absolutely dreadful picture as well. If you look at any of his sort of profile pictures, abysmal. Um, so barring a Justin Herbert injury, I don't think there's any interest here at all, is there? I don't think so. I mean, I think he nearly lost his role at TCU before this season. So um, yeah, I'm not really interested, to be honest. I mean, it's interesting that he's there and Quinton Johnston went there as well. So they've got that connection, but he's, he's not overtaking Justin Herbert, is he? So no, no interest. Yeah, exactly. He's not going not gonna to do much there at all. So um, round seven, pick 244, Jalen Brooks, wide receiver to the Cowboys. Um, so he's a two-year starter out of South Carolina. Fairly poor metrics, to be honest. Didn't test well. Six foot one, 200 pounds. So it sounds all right. But he runs a four six nine. Fairly poor route runner from what I've seen and what I've read about him. So I just think there's no chance. This is just the Cowboys throwing some darts in the wide receiver room and seeing if any hit after they uh, obviously burned a pick last year on Jalen Tolbert. Um, but I think they, they need something in that receiver room because they've got CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, got Brandon Cooks came across and Michael Gallup, and they took a couple of strange players last year, didn't they? Jalen Tolbert, Semi Fihoko, and nothing's really here. And they got that return guy, was it Kevonte Turpin, I think. Um, so there is possibly room for somebody, but I don't think it's going to be this guy, is it? No, I think I'd rather have Brooks out of a uh, Shawshank Redemption than this guy. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. He'd definitely be starting on my side. Um, so, yeah, round seven, pick 247. Braden Willis, tight end to the 49ers. Um, fairly uh, undersized tight end, really. Six foot three, 240 pounds uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, so he's fairly undersized in the receiving game and in the blocking game. Offers no vertical threat. Likely a bit of a rotational blocking tight end. Maybe he can get some work on some screen passes or something, but I don't think this is going to be a, a fantasy relevant tight end at all. Um, if and when the, the 49ers are ready to move off of uh, George Kittle, Braden Willis will not be stepping in as a tight end one, I'd uh, I'd suggest. Yeah, not in no interest for me. No, not so. And uh, round seven, pick 253, Ronnie Bell. I mean, this is a fairly decent name, to be fair. He's either going to be an elite wide receiver or some sort of uh, East End gangster, East End <laughs> villain. Um, Ronnie, Ronnie Bell to the 49ers, um, six for 191 pounds. Michigan wide receiver. We're a sucker for a Michigan wide receiver. Yeah. Um, previously had an ACL injury, which is always worrying in college coming into the pros. Fairly limited production. Uh, everything I've read about him suggests he's a bit of a poor separator. Decent blocker, um, which I think the 49ers like, don't they? Could be like a Juwan Jennings type 
blocking receiver might get a little bit of work, but I don't think it's going to be fantasy relevant would, uh, would be my guess. Yeah, he runs a decent protection racket down uh, down in East London, but other than that, I'm no interest. Yeah, he works the doors, um, and that's pretty much it. So, um, And the last, well, I suppose Mr. Irrelevant for uh, the 2023 draft for fantasy purposes, round seven, pick 256, Grant DeBose, uh wide receiver to the Packers. I mean, this is a classic Packers wide receiver, as we mentioned earlier. He's six foot two, 201 pounds out of Charlotte. Excellent catch radius, really long arms, um, decent contested catches. He brings down the 50-50 balls really well from what I've seen. I watched a few clips. Um, fairly inexperienced, hasn't played many games. So I, I'd imagine he's probably not going to do very much in the first year. Um, but interestingly, he's been comped to Jacoby Myers, which um, seems like a strange comp. That doesn't sound like Jacoby Myers, does it? 50-50 contested catches and catch radius. So, um yeah, I mean, I think the Packers wide receiver room is interesting because somebody might rise similar to Romeo Dobbs last year. But have you got any interest in Grant DuBose or any of these other wide receivers at the Packers? Um, not at the moment, but Grant DuBose, he's like, he's one of the guys that the Packers would draft. And then in, in a couple of years, you'll see him and, and he'll be fairly decent, isn't he? But he'll, he'll sit in the system for a couple of years and learn the Packers way, I guess. And then he'll come out and he'll be OK because... Early days, Devontae Adams was, was pretty much garbage and then he developed there. So I think he's one to keep an eye on. I think all them Packers receivers are one to keep an eye on. You've got to kind of pick out which one is developing quickest or which one is actually looking like the real deal. But they just seem to take loads and see which rises, don't they? Yeah, I think just keep an eye on camp and see what sort of noises you hear. Because we heard it last year with... Uh... With Romeo Dobbs and, you know, I didn't pick up Dobbs anywhere, but he ended up being fairly decent. I don't think he's going to do much in the longer term, but um, was fairly usable profile last year. And if you had him, you could probably have sold him at a decent profit at a certain stage. And that might be what you do with some of these lads. If they start getting a bit of buzz or hit, move them on and, and profit. That's often what Dynasty is about. So, yeah. but that wraps up the um, rounds four to seven. So some interesting profiles and I don't know any other podcast that's covered every single fantasy relevant player maybe we're just nerds but uh quite enjoyed it yeah i think it's just us being nerds to be honest yeah that, there is definitely that um but before we sign off we've got a few notable uh undrafted free agents that i think are worth worth talking about because it's not just the lads that have been picked in the draft there's also a bit of a rush after the draft and i don't know about you but i was sitting up just refreshing my feed and seeing who's landing where and looking how much they're getting paid and seeing what's going on. So let's start with the first one. Uh, the first interesting one I thought um, for fantasy really was Sean Tucker running back uh, ends up at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he was getting a reported $155,000 guaranteed money. Um, Sean Tucker's a lad that we weren't that interested in, in the pre-draft process because there was talk that he'd go in sort of the, I don't know, late first, early second round of, of rookie drafts. And at that price, both of us were completely out. He then filmed his, um, his own pro down like an old Samsung Motorola Razor phone. Um, and we were completely out again, but um, he's gone undrafted and he's now going in the late fifth of rookie draft. So I know that I've picked him up in a few. Um, have you picked him up? Yeah, I've picked him up um, in the fifth round of quite a few. Like, like we've said before, fifth round dart throws. That's our, that's our game, isn't it? And I think Sean Tucker's a really, really good profile to, to chuck a fifth round pick at. I mean, what's his competition at the minute? It's key Sean Vaughan. Uh, Chase Edmonds and then I guess it's Rashad White so I think there's a chance that if he plays well he, he's going to get a chance at, at Tampa isn't he? Yeah and I think Rashad White's clearly the, the lead lead back and there's been a lot of noise about him but there's a role for somebody else I mean Rashad White was the backup to 
Lenny last year. So even if Tucker's the RB2 there, he's going to get some work. Um, I suppose the only concern we've got is, does he have an actual heart? I mean, there's some serious uh, health concerns for this lad. It's not like he's sprained an ankle or stubbed a toe. There's talk that he's got sort of cardiovascular problems, an issue with his heart. I mean, that could be a worry, but you'd like to think no team's actually going to pick up a player that can't move. Um, so have to hope he's all right. Yeah, I mean, they can always uh, stick a sheep's one in there, can't they, and get him going on that? Yeah, well, uh, I'd prefer that to Gary Brightwell, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Sean Tucker, <laughs> Sean the sheep uh, in the backfield. Um, I'll take the next one and I'll hand over to you for, for obvious reasons. But um, oh. my boy Bryce Ford-Wheaton, favourite of the pod. Sorry, he's brought up every single week. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there scrolling. I fell asleep in the sort of the later rounds and didn't see what had gone on. Woke up in the morning, saw Bryce Ford-Wheaton had gone undrafted. But the next notification was Bryce Ford-Wheaton signed by my Giants. So, Bit of sweet moment for me. Pleases on my side. Gutted he went undrafted, but he's an athletic freak. Um, really big guy. He's the most athletic wide receiver at the entire combine, which um, surprised he went undrafted. I thought somebody would gamble on that profile. So makes you wonder how he interviewed. Um, but he's actually been given $236,000 guaranteed. Uh, so he's one of the highest paid undrafted free agents. That's more than he'd get for being on the practice squad for the entire season. So there's a good chance he sticks on the roster for the Giants, at least on the practice squad all season. So either he makes the 53 or potentially sticks on the practice squad and is up for poaching. So they've invested a bit in this lad. They obviously like the profile and want to develop it. And I think he's got a similar profile to Hodgins. So could work in behind Hodgins and, and go from there. But um, without my West Virginia Giants hat on, I mean, do you think there's any chance of my just uh, wishing beyond belief now? No, I think, you know, disregarding the fact that the Giants are scumbags, I think that um, I think it's a really good pickup as, a, as an undrafted free agent. Like we say, the athletic profile is off the charts and they're the kind of guys that you want to get on your practice squad and see if you can develop them, isn't it? I think it's a really good pickup and definitely one to keep an eye on, but you've probably scooped him up everywhere, so I've got no chance. <laughs> I just think, obviously, with my Giants hat on, the, the way that they're building the Ross style is a bit critical of the wide receiver room. But if you look at the profiles, Hodgins and Bryce Ford-Wheaton are the two big physical X receivers, quite comparable. You've then got Wondell Robinson coming off an injury in the slot. Paris Campbell probably plays a similar role and mixes in with Wondell. You've mm. then got Sterling Shepard and Jalen Hyatt playing that deep threat. So the way they've structured it, I think, sort of almost like-for-like like replacements. So, um, yeah, th there's a chance there. Um, you, do you want to take yeah, the next guy? I know you just mentioned your Giants hat. It's kind of ironic to me that you're what five foot two and you wear a Giants hat. It's just just strange. <laughs> Do you know what? I just I get smaller and smaller than Tank Dell every pod. And I was five eight a few minutes ago. Then I was five five. Now I'm five two. <laughs> Absolutely sick of it. Um, I'll let you take away another midget. Actually, Keaton Mitchell. Go for it. Yeah. So Keaton Mitchell running back to the Ravens. Um, there's not a lot there, I guess, behind Dobbins and um, and Gus Edwards at the moment, but um, Keaton Mitchell's tiny, and um, I've just got no interest in these tiny running backs. Just it's, the NFL's not a place, and we saw it with Philip Lindsay as well. He had, he had one good season, and then he just he was too small, wasn't he, to maintain it? So yeah, I've no interest in uh, Keaton Mitchell. What about you? No, not really. I mean, he's he's too small, isn't he? He's 179 pounds or something. So um. Yeah, there's just not much else behind Dobbins apart from Gus the bus. And yeah, there's a chance he could do something. But um, I've not seen any details of the finance, which means that he's probably not being paid a lot. So um, yeah, probably not worth much. But he was a, a lad that was mentioned pre-draft. So thought we'd uh, just check. He's gone to a decent running scheme. So who knows? Uh, the next lad, um, Tyon Evans, uh, running back. 
goes undrafted, but ends up at the Rams. Now, this was one of my sleeper guys that I really liked in the process. Um, really aggressive running style, bit of a bruiser back. Um, I really like him. And we mentioned about Zach Evans having a possibility to, you know, earn a role there. But I think the same applies to Tyon Evans. Um, the Rams, I don't know if you've seen their roster, but they've brought in something like genuinely about 35 undrafted free agents. Half of their roster is just undrafted lads, which is a bit weird. So he might just be part of a massive group that they're bringing in for a little workout. But yeah, if he does stick, there's a depth chart he could potentially climb if Akers is in the doghouse and Zach Evans doesn't hit straight away. He's then competing with Kyron Williams. So a bit of a long shot, but I, I like him still. I saw that you um you picked up Evans in one, didn't you, earlier today? Yeah, I like the profile and I think he's got a chance at the Rams. Again, it, Zach Evans might kill that, but you know, in camp, if he's outperforming Zach Evans then he's in with a chance, isn't he? I don't think they care too much about between the difference between Evans and, and Tyon Evans between an undrafted free agent and late draft capital. So it'll just be whoever performs best out of camp and it's which one you can pick up, isn't it? That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, so there's a chance. Uh, next on to your boy. Yeah, so I was um, I liked Denerick Prince. Um, I liked his athletic profile and um, he was best comped to... Um, Isaiah Pacheco, which was uh, ironic because he seems to have landed on the Chiefs. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon's come back, so they've got McKinnon, Pacheco and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They turned down Edwards-Hilaire fifth-year option, didn't they, the last few days? Um, he ran a 4-4-1 uh, 40-yard dash, so he is quick. He is six foot and he's 216 pounds. He's uh, very, very similar to Pacheco. He's also comped to Zamir White as well. So very good athletic profile and was really good out of Tulsa. So I think he could have a chance, but it depends what the, the Chiefs do. They've got three, three frontline guys there, isn't, haven't they? So he'll be probably be practice squad for, for a little while anyway, unless there's injuries. But uh, I like him anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance. If you've got a gap at the end of your roster, chuck him on. I think I've picked him up off waivers in in one and just stashed him. But uh, who knows? I, I think, unfortunately, our boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could end up just getting cut. They've brought McKinnon back and they're not going to do that for, for no good reason. So there's a good chance Clyde might be cut and it will be McKinnon, Pacheco, and, and they do need a different profile there. So I do think there's a chance, whether it's Prince or someone else, there's a chance for that sort of bruise about profile, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, next is a bit of a weird one. So Jake Bobo, um, I don't know if it's Bobo or Bobo, but it's a dreadful name, to be fair. Um, wide receivers ended up at the Seahawks. So really good production last year at UCLA. Big receiver is six foot four. Some places reported six foot five, 215 pounds. So a bit of an alpha size, um, not a great route runner. But there's a lot of talk in Seahawks beat rise that he could be the steal of the draft, which um, given they didn't draft him, is a bit weird. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. There's potentially a role there if, if there's an injury to... Um, DK Metcalf is a similar sort of size, but he's not going to be DK Metcalf. He could end up just being Jake Hobo, to be fair. So, um, have you seen much of Jake Bobo? Do you know what? I've not. He's not. He's one I've not done any research, and I've not really heard much about. So, I need to. I need to take a look into him, but um, I wouldn't be picking him up anyway. There's a lot of late round receivers and undrafted free agent receivers that I'd be picking up ahead of Jake Bobo, but. Obviously, you and I are nerds and we keep an eye on these sorts of things. We keep an eye on beat reporters. We keep an eye on all the reports that come out of camp. And we can be seen chatting on DMs at half 11 at night about these sort of geeks. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on him, won't we? Yeah, he's just a big, big receiver, big uh, sort of catch radius and 
they seem to really like him. All the beat writers are always positive when people get get landing spots, so it could just be nonsense. But there's a bit of a buzz around uh, the Seattle beat writers at the moment, so we'll see. Uh, next on the list, uh, Raheem Jarrett, wide receiver to the Buccaneers. Uh, similar to us mentioned earlier, Trey Palmer. Um, it's worth just having a look at who's in this wide receiver room. So he's a six foot receiver, 192 pounds, decent speed for a uh, 4.44 40 yard dash, uh, previously a five star recruit. Um, and I think, again, just keep an eye on camp and see who's getting the bars, because if there's any movement, if Mike Evans does end up leaving, which doesn't look likely at this stage, but I think they need to decide what they're doing in Tampa. Are they going to go into any sort of rebuild? If they do, and one of these senior guys gets moved, someone needs to step up in the receiver room. So a bit of an interesting profile. Uh, I don't know if you've seen much of Raheem Jarrett at all. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. And just He gets quite a lot of buzz because he was a five-star recruit. But Raheem Jarrett is a sensational name, and I'd be rostering him just for that reason, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like he's got um, a HBO series in the making. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Um, next up, uh, this was a guy that I think both of us liked. Actually, is the profile that we do like. So Malik Cunningham, uh, quarterback, uh, ends up at the Patriots. Um, previously at Louisville, he actually took over from uh, Lamar Jackson. So he's been the starter since Jackson came into the league. Uh, really good rushing quarterback. Problem is he's small. He's six foot. He's about 200 pounds. Um, so he's probably not built for the league. But it's interesting. The reason I've put it on here really is that there's all this talk about whether Mac Jones and Bill despise each other. And Bill's had so many opportunities to commit to Mac Jones. He doesn't. Um, I think Mac will be the starter, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Bailey Zappi gets in at some point. Does Mac then move? Suddenly Malik Cunningham's potentially the developmental backup quarterback in New England. And we've seen before that they've taken quarterbacks every year develop them, move them on for draft capital. So not sure if it will happen for Malik Cunningham because he can't just grow or, um, you know, put on that extra weight. But uh, yeah, interesting profile. I quite like the landing spot. Worth just a look. Any interest in Malik Cunningham? So Daniel Jeremiah said that he's a really, really good rusher and he wouldn't be surprised if teams took him and looked to convert him more to a running back. And this is one of the teams that definitely could do it, isn't it? Bill... Bill will find a role for someone like this, whether that is a, a wildcat quarterback or a rushing quarterback or a, a running back. I just think he's probably on the team that can develop him in that way. Um, yeah, apparently he's a really, really good rusher between the tackles and shifty. And yeah, he's just small though, isn't he? But um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on because Bill will find a role for him if, if, if there is a role that he can do. So yeah, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, he's averaged sensational yardage in the rushing game the last couple of years. So he averaged over 500, uh, well, 500 yards last year, over 1,000 yards in 2021. So he's definitely got that Lamar Jackson uh, profile from a rushing perspective. So interesting, but I think he's probably too small to play quarterback in the league. Mm. Um, and the final one, undrafted for agent, I thought was just worth a, a mention, really, is Joseph Ngata, wide receiver, ends up at the Eagles. Again, another five-star recruit. The Eagles just seem to smash every draft, don't they, to, to my annoyance. But five-star recruit, six foot three, 217 pounds. So really good alpha profile there. Um, $230,000 guaranteed as an undrafted free agent. So again, one of the highest paid undrafted free agents in the league. Uh, the Eagles seem to get everything right. So interesting profile. Uh, behind Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, there's room for somebody potentially to get some work at some stage. Um could it could it be in Garza? 
Um, I've not seen a lot of him, but his, his best comparable is Equiminius St. Brown. So he only runs a 4-5-4-40. Um, he's not a great athletic score. Out of Clemson as well, isn't he? He's six foot three. He's got uh, really long arms as well, but um, probably not someone I'm looking at at the moment. I'm not sure he's going to do much out of camp. I mean, they paid a record amount to Carson Strong last year and cut him after a few weeks. So I'm not sure the money pays uh, pays any any sort of uh, respects here. But um, it's uh, it's just Howie Roseman throwing his money about, isn't it? The money that he saved on all these great deals that he does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some interesting undrafted free agents, though, and who knows, might get a diamond in the rough. These are the gambles in Dynasty that we like to do. We're, we're nerds. We like to dip into these free lads off waivers and stash them away and sell them on for a third at some stage, move up in the draft. It's how we play. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's probably the uh, the draft section done for us now, rounds four to seven and the uh, notable undrafted free agents. One uh, one big piece of news coming out of the weekend: DeAndre Swift, uh, Lions to the Eagles for a twenty twenty four fifth, an absolute bargain. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, we called the uh, the Chiefs, didn't we? But I think if it's not the Chiefs, you'd want the Eagles. So that's a uh, definitely an arrow up for Swift, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, we love him anyway. I love him anyway. I think you do as well. But it's uh, it's a really great. Um, landing spot i mean if rashad penny doesn't stay fit as well it's it's incredible for swift i mean gamewell's there as well it might have killed gamewell a little bit but i think if penny is ever injured then gamewell and swift are both really good ads for your for your backfield especially swift his pass catching is excellent as well um i really love him he can take a screen and take it to the house and yeah i think he's excellent so i think this that o-line at the eagles is, is going to be a success isn't he yeah, I mean, I do think so. I took him in a, in a startup that we're in earlier today. Um, so I, as my running back one, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all back in on DeAndre Swift. There was a period, I think, for about a day where you probably could have got a bit of a discount. But even now, I think that the buzz has gone on Swift. A year or so ago, he was a, a, a two first plus player, wasn't he, in Dynasty? But, I mean, you could probably pick him up for a first now, still, um, depending on where it is. So, yeah, arrow up for Swift and... I just don't think Gamewell's a threat. I think he's probably dust, which is a shame because I like Gamewell. Really was used towards the end of last year, but I think it will be a Penny-Swift tandem, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. So, as you say, for the deal for Swift, I managed to pick him up in one of our leagues, didn't I? I think I paid um, 109 and 207. I just really needed a running back. And at 109, there was none. There was Charbonnet there, and I think A-Chain was going early second. But I just I wanted some definite production so I offered the 109 and and I think um a late two and then it got done at 109 and 207 which I was quite happy about so yeah yeah I mean that's a a lovely deal wasn't it and one thing I I did read as well which I probably absolute nonsense but DeAndre Swift is from Philadelphia by all accounts and there's talk that the Lions did it to do right by the player I mean it's probably at a nonsense to be fair but it's just a nice little side story obviously had a bit of a bad time and wasn't quite appreciated there and he goes back home and to arguably the the best or the second best team in the league so um yeah nice landing spot for him not good for my so, giants so what uh what college did he go to <laughs> you tell me yeah, he, he actually went to georgia and you know the eagles are all over these georgia lads at the minute aren't they oh i thought you were doing a i thought you were doing a raiders um all or nothing again <laughs> no no he's uh he's another georgia Shadron state yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's actually another Georgia lad, and they've been high on Georgia lads, haven't they? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, they've got the entire Georgia defense, haven't they? So, yeah, it makes sense. And, um, yeah, I'm really, really pleased. And uh, we didn't move him anywhere. Um, at no point was I going to sell him for a, a mid-second at any point. So, yeah, massive news for him. I mean, also, as well, I know we were quite disappointed by the the Jameer Gibbs landing spot at the Lions, but that changed very quickly. I'm, I'm absolutely all in on Gibbs now. I think it's it's gone from a really annoying backfield to absolutely the, uh, the sky's the limit for Gibbs now. Yeah, I mean, I really, really wanted Gibbs in a lot of drafts and I think I only managed to get him in a couple. So I was quite annoyed. But um, I know you snagged him in loads, didn't you? I did, yeah. I mean, I, I had a couple of 101s and I did take Bijan. But where I could get Gibbs, he, I mean, he was falling to 105 in, in a few leagues, which I think is just excellent value. So as soon as those key quarterbacks, I was just uh, swooping in to get Gibbs. And I think I traded back up to get him in a couple as well. So, uh, yeah, if he busts, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be set for a big role at the Lions. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him this year, actually. Absolutely, definitely. Well, it's been a been a good good week, mate. The best uh, best week of the year for drafts. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, um, we put on a couple of bonus uh, pods as well, didn't we? So um, we're back. We'll be back to weekly now and trying to think up some content for the uh, for the people. But um, I think we've pretty much covered everything from the rounds two to three, and uh, well, the whole draft. So. We'll be back next week for a recap. Um, probably some uh, some guys we want to be targeting or guys we want to be selling. So um, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcast. Uh, the podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and iHeartRadio. We are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office is fully open because I'm mostly drafting at the moment. And even more league winners than usual are still available at my facility. 